most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Slobberknocker Audio is on the air. Hello again, everybody. I am Jim Ross. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Jim Ross Report from the mighty Westwood One Podcast Network. And I hope you will subscribe to our show. It's free, you know. Cost you nothing to subscribe, and and when you do, your show will automatically be downloaded every Wednesday when a new show is released. Uh, you can download us for free at Westwood One, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or just wherever in the hell you get your podcast. You know, you know, and uh, we would appreciate you leaving us a five star rating as well. That's always important. Uh, I always like to mention you can follow me on Twitter at jrsbbq. Uh, Sean Creedle's managing our Facebook and Instagram account at Jim Ross BBQ, Facebook and Instagram. And a little bit later, we're going through some, uh, some of your mail that you sent to the Jim Ross report at gmail.com. And, uh, I'm excited about today's guest, uh, a very dynamic, intelligent, exciting young person. Uh, Brandy Rhodes is going to be joining us. Uh, Brandy is the chief brand officer of, uh, AEW. Uh, all elite wrestling and uh she's also in charge of uh hiring or involved in the hiring process of all the female wrestlers in uh in aew and uh there that's an interesting division especially considering where the benchmark is currently with female wrestling on television it's better than it's ever been more athletic higher skill set so whomever uh, you see in an aew ring like for example, in May in Vegas, uh, they know that they got they got their work cut out for them. They're going to be judged by the other women of the other members of their gender that are doing like work on other wrestling shows. Just saying. And so we'll talk to Brandy about all that and so much more. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. You got to know what time it is. It's time for what's on my mind. At the top of the list of uh, what's on my mind this week, my old friend King Kong Bundy passed away. Uh, Chris Pallis, uh, 61 years of age, had died early this week, and uh, really a, a character, a bigger-than-life pro-wrestling character was King Kong Bundy. Uh, I had a lot of uh, interactions with him all, all the way back to when we were both very young uh, at working for Bill Watts in Mid-South Wrestling. As a matter of fact, I was in a booking meeting one day, and Bill really had high hopes for Bundy to get him over as a heel. And obviously, any hot heels coming in was going to work with, uh, certainly work with JYD, uh, among other uh, primary or baby faces. But Bill wanted something different, so I said, "Why don't you, why don't you, why don't we do this five count thing?" I had never seen that before. Maybe it's been done. Probably has. Uh, I know Cornette would say, uh, "My last original idea died of loneliness." Uh, but in any event, uh, I said, why don't we do a five count? So he, the three count is still the official deal, but he demands a five count. So uh, it'll add to the possibility of some unique finishes. Uh, you know, if somebody kicks out at four, 
and they don't and they is and the five counts in effect does that cause some controversy is it something for a storyline so the five count came about uh in a meeting we had at 116 breckenridge in bixby oklahoma with the cowboy he liked the idea and i was so proud that one of my ideas uh stuck they all didn't but that one did uh saw uh chris the uh last time was thanksgiving weekend ironically the last time i saw mean gene Oakland uh, at russell cade in winston-salem north carolina had a lot of fun at that event and as i look back on it it's probably one of the more pivotal uh of fan conventions i've ever attended because the fact it was the last time i saw mean gene and king kong bundy so uh really gonna miss uh chris he was a he was somewhat uh, complex at times uh soured a little bit on the business and again i don't know the details behind all that uh but it's either ta- it was either cash or creative quite frankly and knowing uh uh the business as i do or i think i do cash probably was the uh leading uh co- rounding the bend come home uh but he he was a a cool guy you know he's on the married the married with children uh, the whole dichotomy was a wrestling feel on married with children i had a crush over christina applegate too by the way i think i still do i'll have to look and see uh but he was uh he made appearances on married with children the writers of that show were big wrestling fans hence the bundys uh and the fact that king kong bundy was worked into the script and of course, the neighbors of the Bundys were the Rhodes family, and uh, no no uh, accident there. Again, big wrestling fans, the Dream, the Rhodes family lived next door to the Bundys, and so it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Chris performed at four WrestleManias. I had forgotten about the one at uh, WrestleMania 11. He lost to the Undertaker, uh, and then the 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 mixed tag with the Tokyo and Little Brook versus. Hillbilly Jim, Haiti Kid, and Little Beaver. Of course, uh, Bundy attacked and elbow dropped Little Beaver, caused an uproar. The biggest, uh, the biggest thing for Chris was headlining the main event at WrestleMania two in a cage against Hulk Hogan, and they had seemed like they had good chemistry, and that's where it starts. So, uh, my condolences to the family, the friends, the fans of King Kong Bundy. I always enjoy being around him. Chris uh, Pally's what a nice guy, a unique cat. I had I couldn't resist. He and I were signing autographs next to each other at Russell Kate, as I mentioned. And uh, Ernie Ladd and Bundy always had this uh, uh, somewhat coarse relationship. Even though Ernie was Ernie was the Booker, he pushed uh, Bundy hard and always said Chris was lazy. I didn't ever see that one, but uh, I know that when I saw Chris, I did my uh, my best Ernie Ladd. Bundy, you're stealing the money from the man, Bundy. Bundy. Take a bump, Bundy. Move around, Bundy. You're stealing money from the cowboy. So I go with that little routine. And it was F you, F Ernie. <laughs> oh, he still had a grudge. But it was fun. So I, we're going to miss him. And uh, gone too soon. Rest in peace, my man. We sure did enjoy being around you. Uh, Taking a look at Raw real quickly. Uh, the the a lot of... There's a lot of significant things that happened on Raw that are, you know, big. Uh, this entire, we're almost in the cusp, only my opinion. We're almost on the cusp of having too many intangibles, too many elements 
to the uh, Rousey, Becky, Charlotte trilogy, the storyline. And we know that uh, after Raw, that Becky and Charlotte will will uh, wrestle this Sunday at Fastlane on the WWE Network. If Becky wins, she's going to be added to the Mania title match. It'll be a three-way. Uh, and that's if Becky doesn't win, she's SOL, out of luck. So I thought Rousey's promo was strong. I don't know if she's turning heel. Everybody, we're going to we're going to analyze this, and here's what it's going to be. She's expressing herself as she feels appropriate. If that makes her a heel, then so be it. Some people are going to like uh, Ronda's de- defiance. And and look, I said this before, folks. I love Becky Lynch like she was a, a relative. Charlotte Flair, I've known since she was a little girl. And. But I'm, I'm just telling you, man, all this women's stuff has gotten good for a lot of reasons. I don't think it would be as compelling television if Rousey wasn't in the picture. That's all I'm saying. And I love the work of Becky and Charlotte. Love it. And they can help elevate other women to the next level. I would certainly insist that neither Becky, Charlotte, or Rousey lower their game with any opponent that's up to the company to book good matchups, good chemistry together. So, uh, I, I, Rousey's still the key, the straw that's starting to drink. Uh, but I do expect that, uh, Becky's going to win on Sunday. At least I, I hope so. And that she gets her way into WrestleMania. And I think she'll win there as well. So we'll see time will tell, but, uh, Hey, by the way, I did suggest uh, when I saw the mugshot of uh, Becky, uh, right off the bat within 30 seconds, that, that'd be a great t-shirt. And I, I guess, uh, Somebody at WWE follows me on Twitter, wink, wink, and uh, they got the Becky Lynch mugshot T-shirt. Love it. It's a cool shirt. In uh, other news on Raw, the Shield reunited, or you know, trying to get it reunited. They are. I don't know why, other than their attraction. They're trying to get them back together before Ambrose leaves, which is still expected, even though he's being recruited. I'm, I'm told uh, heavily by WWE to stay. Uh, so, uh, I like the fact that Roman Reigns said tomorrow's not guaranteed. Kind of a, you hear me say that on the shows we go off the air every week, and he's true. It's right. It's right. Uh, so we get the shield back. It'll be a nice attraction. Get it while you can. Uh, but it was put together so rapidly, it doesn't have the impact today that it should have had if it, the angle had been started a little earlier. And that could be a lot of things. That could be a change of heart at the last minute. It could be a lack of long-term planning. I don't know. But uh, it's not going to mean as much on a week's bill as it would have if it was built a little longer, in my opinion. I love Triple H's promo uh, to Dave Batista after Batista attacked Ric Flair. One of the old-school promos, if it was a script and Triple H uh, – uh, recited the script by memory in that regard he should be in Hollywood and not in wrestling I feel that this, the promo was organic and real and at the moment he was in Triple H felt every word that he said the talents on the roster whether it be NXT or anywhere else should look at that promo and say I need to get to that level of reality organicness and where I don't roll people don't roll their eyes at what I'm saying really important didn't like the revival. The tag team champions had to, they came out first to give the, the spotlight to the NXT dudes. Uh, 
And look, I like Ricochet and Nodge McGinnis are badass. But they have not earned the opportunity to my eyes to be introduced in a tag team match before the champions. I'm sorry, just don't fly for me. Uh, not overwhelmed with the way Kurt Angle's being booked. He's, being, he's overused. There's too much of him on television. He should be a special a guy that's wrestling, you know, only big events, special occasions. We take for granted what he's meant to the company, in my view, and the fact that he's a legitimate gold medalist for the United States and freestyle wrestling in 1996. I mentioned like uh, Ricochet and, and Aleister Black, even though I think most of us would agree that somewhere down the road their, their stardom will be enhanced when they go singles. On SmackDown, not a lot to report on SmackDown. I watched the show on Tuesday night, as I normally do. Uh, you saw that Charlotte and Becky closed the show uh, appropriately. I, I mentioned this on Twitter this week. You know, It seems to me like, I can't remember what show I mentioned it on. Uh, I think it was SmackDown. That the, as, no matter how hard the men try, and God knows they got a great effort, they're trying. A lot of talented guys on the male side. They just, their storylines... And the intangible, it, has not attached itself to the fan base. There's less emotional investment, seemingly to me, and I might be wrong too, folks, between the, the male roster and the female roster. Right now, the women have the edge. They really have the edge. And Charlotte and Becky had a, you know, they put the spotlight back on Becky as a survivor, a tough person. I don't know if they did a good enough job of putting Becky in danger and jeopardy because of her physical uh issues right now i mean she is on a crutch right so uh we'll see how that plays out on sunday and how that how that match is booked and strategized but charlotte and becky have always got they've got great chemistry i've never seen them have a bad match so i expect great things uh on on sunday for those two ladies and i, I don't know why they wouldn't close the show but it's not my call another thing i found interesting on uh, tuesday night was the fact that sound effects were uh, included, were edited into the uh, history package of, of the Rousey beatdown of Becky Lynch uh, on, on Raw. And I thought it was very, very effective. Uh, it was very subtle. If you, if you didn't notice it, that might be a good thing. But if you got a chance to go back and look at that again, listen to those shots, especially uh, the body shots that had a sound effect with them, made them much more effective. I'm glad to see Samoa Joe win the United States Championship. Uh, I've always, I thought Joe's been underutilized for a long time. He's believable. He's durable uh, and can have great matches with a variety of people. I'm a big Samoa Joe fan, and I'm congratulations, Joe, on the United States title. And you'd think a guy like Joe, so much pride, proud man, loves the wrestling business, he'll do more than a lot of guys would ever dream of doing to make the United States championship have value. And I don't know that too many titles, how many titles in WWE have the value that ideally they would like? One thing will help that value. Put, it on, put the title on somebody and leave it there for a while. I believe that uh, knee-jerk title changes is a, a, a definitive sign of lazy booking. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, so that was on SmackDown. Uh, I was glad to see Oscar back. I'm not overwhelmed with Oscar and her, her match with Mandy Rose. Uh, sounds like it's you know uh, drive-by booking. Oscar's such a huge star and can be so big. 
I just, uh, she, she fades away from the orbit. I don't get it. She's that good. As I mentioned, Fast Lane is going to be this Sunday. It's going to be in Cleveland. Great place to break Mrs. Hart because we all know that when we go to our hometown in WWE that sometimes the outcome is not overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Baker Mayfield owns Cleveland right now, by the way. Uh, I was thinking about that Cleveland, and I'm writing, Paul O'Brien and I are writing a, the continuation of Slobber Knocker, My Life in Wrestling. My Life and Wrestling. My Life in Wrestling. Don't know what the title's going to be, but nonetheless, we're uh, kicking ass on this uh, follow-up. I think the book's going to be a lot heavier, a lot deeper, a lot more current, uh, compelling because of topics that we're covering, including when uh, in No Mercy 99 in Cleveland, why bring it up? Uh, China and Intercontinental Champ Jeff Jarrett had their good housekeeping match that uh, China won and uh, became the Intercontinental Champion. I did. I don't like intergender booking. I don't. I think it's an expose. Uh, so, but I'm not going to go on a tire a rant about it. It's just why? Because I just think it's just it just doesn't grab me. Maybe when it first happened, but I know a lot of the talents are not crazy about it. And then, of course, Joni who I did a lot of communication with during that tumultuous time, uh, she didn't. Even, she did not want to wrestle women, and you could tell that her effort in wrestling some women were not was not what it was when she wrestled men. She wanted to wrestle men, and uh, whether I didn't, I didn't speak up about that situation a lot then. Other than it's what creative wanted. It's what more importantly, it's what Vince wanted. So that's what we did. But uh, that was a very challenging day. I've written about it. And, uh, you know, that was the week I thought that Jeff and I had our deal done and Russo had left and gone to WCW. And, you know, as it, as it all came out in the wash, you know, that was a pretty a preconceived deal that that Jeff was going to follow Russo there. But he, he had his uh, – he, he got he had to have some money before he left. And I didn't think that was handled very well, very professionally. Uh, I'm just glad that after all that uh, uh, cluster that WWE uh, brought Jeff back to the company. Never say never, right? Uh, so it's a it's a good uh, it's a good card. Uh, Daniel Bryant, Kevin Owens got a chance to steal the show on a short build. There's no reason those two guys shouldn't have one hell of a match. If they don't have a great match, shame on them. Uh, Becky, if Becky wins the match, uh, she's going to be added to the uh, Ronda Charlotte Mania match. We talked about that. Oscar and Mandy Rose, eh? Uh, tag titles. Women's tag titles. Sasha Banks and Bailey, I like them. And against uh, Nia Jack and uh, Tamina Snooker. Should be interesting. Should be a good card. Check it out. The Shield reunion, all that good stuff. Uh, this Sunday on uh, WWE Network. I'll be watching. Uh, happy to see the inclusion of Tori Wilson joining the Honky Tonk Man and D-Generation X into the 2019 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. I'll say this. It's obvious that Tori was one of the most beautiful women that the company ever uh, uh, hired. And I was glad that I was in a position to bring her from WCW into WWE when WCW went belly up. Uh, She's a a sweetheart of a lady. Uh, And uh, I'll just say this. She probably, I don't say probably, she was, the best conditioned female athlete that we had back in that era. Because she ran stadium steps relentlessly at every television. 
uh, and push herself. And now she's doing even better things. Uh, you know, follow Tori on Twitter. Uh, she hasn't. She she just was a. She's a beautiful person to work with, beautiful in, in looks. You can imagine how glamorous she's going to look on the Hall of Fame night. I'm curious to see who's going to. She had great friendships with a lot of the females in the company. I hope we'll see who she's going to select to be her uh, inductor. Hey, I kind of think uh, Lisa Verone would be a nice option. They're buddies. Lisa helped her a lot. Lisa helped a lot of girls. So that might be an idea. This is not, this not, this not another blonde. <laughs> Did you notice that Saturday Night Live's uh, Michael Shea and uh, Colin Jost were on the show on Monday night? They're going to be special correspondents for WrestleMania 35. He says, with a big yawn, look, I'm sure these, these cats are talented. They're making good money. I'm happy for them. I uh, don't know them. They don't have the household name that is going to take to move the needle for me to be the outside uh, person. It just tells me that some writer's going to uh, pop their cookies because they get to write a uh, shtick for these two guys that may be funny and it may not be. Uh, obviously a favorite of NBC, the partners of the NBC Universal, USA Network, blah, blah, blah. Uh, talented kids, no doubt, but they're essentially unknown. So who does that help? I've been getting a lot of positive feedback uh, from those uh, interested in a potential podcast involving P- Conrad Thompson and yours truly. Uh, more on that soon. We're, we're, it's moving along well. It looks as if, unless something happens at the 11th hour, it's going to be a go. And if, it, if it goes like Conrad and I have strategized and game planned it, it will replace this format. And I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, only replace the format to make it better. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Conrad's done a great job with Eric Bischoff and Tony Shawnee, who, by the way, uh, the day after uh, WrestleMania, uh, they'll be there in New York City on Monday, April the 8th, pre-Raw matinee, featuring Eric and Tony. It steps from the Barclays Center, where Raw will be, and this will be at the Littlefield NYC in Brooklyn. Uh, tickets go on sale this Friday, March 8th, at littlefieldnyc.com. I want to thank Marty Smith, talented ESPN talker, correspondent, podcaster, radio guy, for having me on his show. And uh, one of the great questions he asked is, how is Ric Flair still alive? My answer, divine intervention. So thanks, Marty. I had a good time. Thanks for being so hospitable. Check that out, folks. Uh, follow Marty on Twitter. And if you haven't heard that interview, it's pretty cool. Good wrestling stuff. Uh Happy that Medusa scored Paul Heyman as a guest on her podcast. Go to medusa.com for all the details. Always supporting Deuce. She's one of my girls. And uh, Happy Heyman, he's a talker, and they go back a long way too. So uh, good, to, good to see him on that show. And I'd like to be able to get Paul on this show before I change formats. AEW, as we'll talk to Brandy Rhodes here in a little bit, the chief brand officer of AEW. They announced their second event called Fight for the Fall, and it'll take place on Saturday, July the 13th at Daly's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, more on that charity event. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. should be a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, AEW is going to be debuting on May 25th at the sold-out MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas for AEW Double or Nothing. And, of course, uh, you know the main event is Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. At least that's what I have written down here, so 
There's a lot of main event quality, no doubt. Big night. And tickets are gone. Uh, funny and exciting for me to see Jim Cornette. Goddamn Kenny, that fat bastard. Goddamn Kenny Bolin. He wants to be in your show, JR. Cornette made his MLW wrestling debut last week, joining the broadcast team of Rich Bacchini. Cornette will be joining the promotion uh, going forward as a, both a commentator and a backstage uh, producer, agent, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Uh, so Cornette will be working at the New York City tapings that will take place next month. Uh, and he recently was uh, started as announced on the NWA's 75th anniversary show. And and it'll also be part of the upcoming Crockett Cup. Corny's back in the announcing business. That's good. So MLW has sold out of Chicago. Congratulations to Courtney Bauer uh, and uh, for success with his team. They uh, sold out Cicero Stadium. Fans were packed to the rafters, I'm told. And the main event was uh, two good workers, hard workers, physical, filthy Tom Lawler and low-key. Uh, had a cage match. It was I heard it was really good. Ring of Honor, their 17th uh, anniversary pay-per-view is next Friday at Samstown Live in Las Vegas. Go to rohwrestling.com for tickets. Uh, Jay Lethal headlines that show with a title match against Matt Taven. Uh, the Briscoes are there. Uh, tag title matchup. Marty Scurll versus Kenny King. Did I say that right this time? Marty Scurll? He told me it's like, say girl, and then Cheryl. So that's what I'm doing. So leave me alone, will you? Uh, big card there. So check it out uh, from ROH. They do a great job. Good people. Uh, the, in, the New Japan G1 Climax event will be uh, kicking off. The tournament will be kicking off in Dallas at the American Airlines Center on Saturday, July the 8th. It's going to be broadcast live on Access TV. Hmm. Tickets for this uh, live event going to sale Wednesday, March 13th. 1 o'clock Eastern Time at Ticketmaster.com. They probably won't last long, I'm thinking, but it's a big venue. We'll see. Uh, tickets for the April 28th Rebellion pay-per-view in Toronto from Impact are on sale at uh, ImpactWrestling.com. So check that out. Uh, my friend Dan McDivitt down there in Maryland, uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling, they, they're going to present Spring Fever this Saturday night in Hollywood, Maryland. With special guests Kevin Nash, Madison Rain, and Coco Beware. For more information, just check out uh, mcwprowrestling.com. Good company. They do good work. They train really good people at their school. Hey, uh, while I'm thinking about it, don't forget now, daylight savings time is uh, for us, at least for me, changes uh, on the, on Saturday. So you have to spring forward. You lose an hour. You spring forward. Whereas in the, in, the, in the autumn, you will fall back. See what I did there? Uh, other news, uh, the Washington Nationals outfielder Bryce Harper signed a 13, year, 13 years for an athlete. Are you stupid? Are you that stupid? $330 million contract. By the way, uh, Bryce Harper may have the nicest hair in Major League Baseball. Oh, <laughs> my boy, he's got great hair. But he hit 249 last year. So a 250 hitter gets you, so he's going on potential, right? 330 million. Insanity. Insane math. Uh, Sitting get well wishes to my friend Paige Van Zant, who I think could have a great career in WWE. She broke her the same arm again, 
Uh, and I want to send her my best wishes. She's a little sweetheart. Uh, broke my heart when she got married. I don't know why I say that, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you get well, Paige. I think she'll be in, uh, in a, re- a pro wrestling ring someday sooner than later. Is my take on that. Fighting with my family. Congratulations to The Rock and all the all the folks that are involved in the production of this film from Seven Bucks Entertainment. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I cried. I don't mind saying that. A few years ago, my ego was so big, I would never admitted that. But I did cry because it, it, it moved me. So what? What are you going to do? Kick me out of the club? Uh, number one, uh, it opened number one in the U.K. last week. It's making money. Congratulations, Rock. You did it again, my boy. You've done it again. Uh, remember, Slobber Rock are still available uh, at, uh, in paper, in uh, hardcover, uh, iBooks, and audiobooks at Amazon.com. Selling good. Boy, I'm so happy. Check it out. Uh, and uh, I mentioned Raphael, when we missed this, Raphael Morphy, one of my ace producers. My ace producer. He's number one. Uh, on a massive staff that I have. <laughs> Facetiously, he adds. Uh, Raphael and I are, really had a great time at, at, at all these comic cons, wrestle cons and things. If you are interested in us being at your event, at one of these uh, uh, comic con type events, please uh, contact Raphael Morphy at R-M-O-R-F-N-Y-C on Twitter. At R. M O R F N Y C on Twitter, and uh, he'll get back in touch with you. So check us out there. Uh, sell a lot of products at www.shop.com. Grilling season's getting closer and closer. Never, it's never not grilling season in my house. That's why I built that outdoor kitchen with a roof. I was out there in 22 degree weather the other day cooking, uh, cooking a little chicken. No problem there. And also, of course, our friends at Ingalls Markets in the southeast part of the United States, over 200 stores, carrying JR's products. So if you'll go by and check them out, take a few pictures, tweet them to me, at JRSBBQ. Uh, big WrestleMania weekend. I got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, Gotham County Club on Saturday, April the 6th. That's now a midday event. Uh, the VIP session begins at 1030 in the morning. The showtime's at noon. The doors open at 10, and you can get your tickets at uh, uh, GothamCountyClub.com. We moved the time so you'd have a better opportunity to go see uh, either Bruce and Conrad at the Gramercy or go to the Sirius XM 10th anniversary event. Uh, and only, a, so I'm understanding, only be a few blocks from our show. So uh, I'm going to try to make uh, uh, my rounds after our show is over, and uh, especially at Sirius XM. Uh, good friends, celebrating a milestone. I'd like to be a part of it. Good guys. Good guys. Also, WrestleMania weekend, uh, Sunday morning, the two-man power trips, uh, the podcast uh, at Bedland Conventions on uh, Convention Center on Sunday, April the 7th. It's WrestleMania morning, folks. WrestleMania morning at the Meadowlands Plaza Hotel. Uh, you'll need to get a ticket. They're not expensive. And check them out on Twitter at B. P tickets at BP tickets on Twitter. 
what else are we doing here? Oh, yeah, Monday, Monday night after Raw. This ought to be wild. People, after Raw on Monday night in New York on April the 8th, uh, Conrad, Bruce Pritchard, and myself are doing a show. Uh, and tickets are available at brucepritchard.com. Uh, a lot of seats to sell at the Murmur Theater in Brooklyn. It's less than a mile away from the Barclay Center. Tickets are on sale now at brucefritcher.com, as I mentioned, and ticketfly.com. It's kind of the Sunday wrestle with Bruce Pritchard meets the Jim Ross report. It should be a lot of fun. And I'm thinking a lot of drinking. So it probably will not be for the weak at heart. Uh, after WrestleMania, I'm going to be, uh, Raphael and I are going to be traveling to Monroeville, Pennsylvania, just outside Pitt, uh, for the uh, Steel City Con. Looking forward to that. Three days I'll be there. Three days in uh, Monroeville, PA. Uh, Friday the 12th through Sunday the 14th of April. And more info at steelcitycon.com. I'll be in the Call for Outer Club's uh, banquet. I'm going to emcee their banquet uh, in uh, May, May 1st. More information, go to callforalleyclub.org. Great event, great company, great organization. They help a lot of people without bragging about it. As Monsoon would say, they're not going to break their arms, patting themselves on the back. They just do really good work, and uh, I'm proud to be affiliated with it. I'm a lifetime member. And if you're not, if you're a wrestling fan and you're not a member of the Call for Alley Club, come on. You're embarrassing yourself. Well, it's being a little heavy, but they, they, all the money stays in the house. It's completely complete charity. When I, I'm going to, I'm going to MC the banquet. I'm going to pay for my airfare. I'm going to pay for my hotel room, and I'm not getting any, uh, any uh, per diem or nothing. Got to get back, folks. Got to get back. I mentioned uh, Starcast, Starcast Two in Vegas. I'm on two panels there. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, and starcast.com has all the information starcast.com has ticket information who's going to, what shows are going to be there you can you can buy one ticket and see everything on the fight app it's pretty cool uh then i'm going to be up in uh, waterloo iowa as my grandpa would say iowa iowa at the dan gable museum i'll be attending the george tragus luthes professional wrestling hall of fame induction ceremony three days there july 25th through the 27th uh great event a lot of fun, uh, and I think that you would love being there if you had the opportunity uh, to join us at, uh, at at Wrestling Museum. That'll get you all the information you need. And finally, on what's on my mind, just a little update here. Uh, my WWE contract after 26 years will expire on uh, Friday, March 29th. And uh, after talking uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Vince McMahon, uh, we have mutually agreed that, uh, you know, I, I need to move on. I still want to play in the game. I still want to stay busy. I still think I can do play-by-play, even though others that may surround Vince think I can't. I don't know. Uh, but in any event, uh, I will not be returning to WWE after the 29th of March, uh, leaving with great thoughts, very positive. I made a lot of money. Uh, Vince is amazing to Jan and myself. Uh, he set us up for life financially, of which I can never repay him. But, you know, uh, I'm 67. I still feel like I can get the job done uh, doing wrestling play-by-play. And so uh, I want to explore that opportunity and that possibility. So uh, I'll be moving on, 
uh, in a positive way. Nothing but good things to say to everybody involved. Uh, you know, I have my critics in WWE, as we all do, or people do, when you're there for very long. It's a very unique uh, community. And I have no regrets over uh, is the smartest thing I ever did was come to work for Vince McMahon in 1993. Smartest thing I ever did. And uh, I have no regrets whatsoever, as I mentioned. So I'll be leaving WWE uh, at the end of uh, March, March 29th, as I alluded to. And we'll see where the next step takes us. But I do plan on being busy and productive. And at this stage of my life where you're an empty nester and you, know, you lost your best friend, and she's no longer there, I need to stay busy. I need to get back on the road. I need to, I needed to get back out there and, and, and do what my passion leads me to. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, but, uh, don't think I'll be out of work long. And that finally is what's on my mind. Well, it's Slobberknocker of the week time, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of things to, uh, highlight. Uh, I got a nice, uh, uh, like on the Twitter machine from, uh, HLN's Robin Mead. Oh, what a beautiful woman. Talented. I would not watch uh, news in the morning if Robin Mead were not presenting it. Just telling you. Just being honest. She, she makes you glad you got up. Uh, but she's done a great job of uh, with Warburton Golf raising $2.2 million uh, this past weekend for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. And uh, she did a hell of a job of covering a Stevie Nicks uh, some business with Fleetwood Mac. So good job by Robin Mead, certainly in the running for our slobber knocker of the week, which I know if she won, it would just make her day. <laughs> uh, Ronda Rousey, she, she, she knocked some slobber this week. Thought she was great. Loved the passionate promo. She delivered a restaurant-quality ass-whipping on Becky Lynch. Thank God Becky got made whole the next night. But... Uh, what a compelling story. Hopefully it's going to even out now, not be so uh, cluttered in some areas. I mentioned Tori Wilson uh, getting in the Hall of Fame. I felt so sad that some fans were so, were so rude and cowardly to go on the social media and knock Tori Wilson's induction or selection to the Hall of Fame. It was embarrassing, quite frankly, for a lot of us. You know, we, I'm, I'm proud of my Hall of Fame ring. I'm proud to be in the Hall of Fame since 2007. We had a great class headlined by Dusty Rhodes, our friend the King, and others, other great talents, much greater than I. But uh, she, she worked hard. As I mentioned earlier, she's, nobody trained harder than her. Run those damn stairs was, was kind of cool, though. Sweaty Tory Wilson run the stairs. Not bad. Not bad. Uh King Kong Bundy passed away. We're missing that. You know, he's in the hunt for the slobber knocker of the week. Uh, I uh, also want to, you know, condolences in a, in a slobber knocker of the week nominee, Luke Perry. You know, Luke Perry's son, Jungle Boy, signed with AEW a few weeks ago. And I know that Luke had already bought tickets for um, a Double or Nothing. So Luke Perry was planning on being in Vegas because I assume, I don't know, I assume his son, Jungle Boy, will be on the card. So uh, condolences to his family. He had a son and a daughter. 
uh, good dude. I've never talked to anybody that did have great things to say about Luke Perry. So he he's on our Slobberknock of the Week short list, without a doubt. Uh, and I think uh, this week's uh, Slobberknock of the Week will go to JBL. John Bradshaw Layfield, he's on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. He's got a GoFundMe right now helping these kids with this charity project in Malawi. Uh, and they're building a, they got a, a building a facility there to help these kids survive, be involved, give them a life. If you give a dollar, it helps seriously. So there's a go, go to, uh, go to, go to uh, gofundme.com search. Uh, it's called pride foundation, uh, Malawi project 2019. So good job, Johnny. John uh, does good works. Even though we don't have the same opinion, uh, like opinion on our football teams, him being a Texas Longhorn fan and me being an Oklahoma Sooner fan, that's caused some interesting discussions over a cold beer or 10. But uh, I'm proud of John. Slobber Knock of the Week, John Bradshaw Layfield for doing more great things for kids in the world of rugby and otherwise. Uh, good job, John. More guys to follow your lead. Speedway doesn't have anything, but fire did call across the hall and say that it was a raccoon that overdosed on somebody's heroin. Folks, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the uh, Slobberknocker of My Life in Wrestling. I wish I would have named that book Slobberknocker of My Life and Wrestling. But Paul O'Brien and I are working on the, the uh, follow-up. Some great stuff, man. It's going to be some great stuff. Uh, and a lot of folks, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm just finding out I have a book. Uh, and so if you haven't checked out Slobberknocker, either in the hardcover or the audio book or even the ebook, uh, you can do all that at, at Amazon.com. And we appreciate it very much. Uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award this week. There's a lot of good candidates that are just the, where the dumbass just grabs them at the ankles and eats them right up. Uh, the Adidas scandal. Now, here's the deal, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, some are not going to like this opinion. A federal judge on Tuesday sentenced three men convicted of a pay-for-play scheme to steer steer high-profile recruits to Adidas-sponsored college basketball programs. Uh, And these guys got sentenced to multiple months in prison. In prison. As if our prisons weren't crowded enough, these cats are going to prison. Former Adidas executive James Gatto, uh, business manager Christian Dawkins, and Merle Code, a former Adidas consultant, were convicted in October of conspiracy to commit wire fraud for funding illegal payments to families of recruits to Louisville, Kansas, and North Carolina State. Now, here's the deal. Here's my take on it. These guys got small sentences. Small, unless it's us, right? Nine months from prison for one. Two, uh, two other dudes got six months. Was there not a better way to make this work how about community service how about picking up trash how about doing something that would help others instead of just going to the uh what i'm assuming will be a kind of a uh you know a resort prison for non non-violent criminals it's still going to cost you money why can't you why can't there be something else done i don't, I don't understand that so it's pet coon goofy house all handled it's got maybe it was was it over uh, litigious, was it over adjudicated? I don't know. 
it just sure sounds to me like we're spending a lot of money on, you know, two, three Mickey Mouse little sentences of nine months and six months. For what reason? So these guys got more time to go and write a book? I don't get it. Another Pet Coon Goofy nominee, the once proud Los Angeles Lakers. They're not proud anymore, folks. I understand if you're a Laker diehard, I get it. Understand, I, I, I'm with you. But boy, that 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 organization's unraveling. And I also understand that it, it takes a couple of signings and a nice draft or something along those lines to tar- start turning things around. But man, oh man, who's I don't know who's to blame for this deal. My my buddy Arash Marchese is getting ready to celebrate a big birthday. Uh, the Lion King, you know. Uh, he's a right now writing for the L.A. Times, a columnist. Big, big time. He's farting through silk as O'Rosh. Uh, but there's enough blame to go around for everybody, including Magic Johnson, Luke Walton, and LeBron James and others. But you guess who's going to get the – Luke Walton will get the short stick, right? Easier to get rid of the coach and some players that are not hustling and their heart's not in it. I find it deplorable. A proud, proud franchise has become very ordinary and very mundane. Saw again where Kellen Winslow Jr., uh, the second, I guess he is, been jailed again without without bail after he allegedly performed a lewd act in front of a 77-year-old woman at a California gym. Any woman going to the gym at age 77 deserves uh, a at-a-girl. But this is so, this is ridiculous. This cat's been in trouble a lot of times, man. A lot of times. I'm wondering this. What a great athlete this kid was. His dad was a Hall of Fame guy, tight end. Uh, you think it's CTE that's causing these ridiculous lashing out and these, these uh, unsavory you know, personality traits? Something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid there. His sauce ain't working from the ribs, man. He needs to go to jail. He needs to be. Uh, he needs. He needs intensive rehabilitation, and he needs to have his brain examined. Seriously, I'm not being facetious. It could be very easily CTE, concussion issues that are causing him to act out and be uh, dumb as a box of rocks. It's just sad. It's just really sad. And finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award this week, after being on. Uh, CBS News with Gail King. Couldn't be anybody else at R. Kelly. Gail King, Robert. Robert. <laughs> he put the guy in a, uh, he's, he had a gun to his head, man. He knew he was, and he knew he was going to act out. He felt, he, he was a victim. He's crying. He's ra- in a rage. He jumps up in an intimidating fashion. Hey, this cat's got lots of screws loose. And I don't know, we can't blame that on CTE, I don't think. But uh, it's just pathetic how R. Kelly's career has gone straight to hell, and he's blaming it on everybody but the guy he sees in the mirror. That, folks, is meritus of a Pet Coon Goofy Award on the Jim Ross Report. Moving right along here before we talk to Brandy Rhodes of AEW, the chief brand officer. I'm looking forward to this conversation, quite frankly. 
Uh, let's take a look at this week in wrestling history, folks. 28 years ago on WCW Power Hour, remember that on Friday nights? From Montgomery, Alabama, the Steiner brothers defeated the fabulous Freebirds to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 28 years ago on the Power Hour. God, I'd forgotten about that. 26 years ago in London, Sting defeated Big Van Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight title. Over a quarter of a century. Isn't that ridiculous? Where does time go? 23 years ago on Raw from San Antonio, Texas, Mark Henry, my man, Mark Henry, world's strongest man, Hall of Famer, busted open radio star, Sirius XM Channel 93. He made his WWF television debut in a pre-taped segment during which Mark Henry Gorilla Press slammed Jerry the King Lawler. Why me? Ah. Uh, 22 years ago, WWF presented Raw 200, rebranded as Raw is War from the DCU Center in Worcester. I remember when I was doing some local promos, Vince and I were doing some stuff, and I was talking, I was getting the little bites in uh, on the local town uh, pr- promotion, and I called it uh, Worcester. <laughs> Cut, stop. It's not Worcester, Jr. It's Worcester. Or, as they said in Boston, Worcester. Uh, so, with that name change came a new logo, rebranding, a new set, a show opening pyro, and all that good stuff. 22 years ago, Raw 200. 17 years ago on Raw from Detroit, Michigan. Was up there in that area not too long ago for the uh, Great Lakes Comic Con. Had a great time. The NWO, 17 years ago, on Raw now from Detroit, the NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan defeated Steve Austin, The Rock, in a three-on-two handicap match. And as far as I know, uh, it was the only time Hogan and Austin were in a match together in a WWF ring, which begs the question, why didn't Austin and uh, and Hogan uh, have more matches? I don't, I don't have an exact reason other than I think the general consensus was uh, a lack of chemistry. That's not an indictment on either guy whatsoever. But sometimes uh, styles, they say styles make fights. It's the same old thing about Undertaker and Austin. They had a lot of matches together, but I don't know if they've ever had one yet that they were both happy with. Just a chemistry thing. Sometimes it works better and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, – I, I that was my take on that Austin Hogan thing. Would have been at one time would have been the dream match, absolutely. But somebody asked me the other day we're writing about this in our book, Paul Brown and I. And the the uh, it came up about uh, you know uh, after WrestleMania 18, was there thoughts of Rock or excuse me of, of Austin and Hogan wrestling? No, none. Neither were, showed an interest in that matchup. Most people like me would say that. I don't think these guys got the chemistry they're going to both want and need. So uh, I think that's why they never never wrestled. That's my take on it anyway. Uh, 16 years ago in Raw in Cleveland, Ohio. So you to Cleveland. With a little help from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hurricane Helms, now a productive member of the backstage staff of WWE, defeated The Rock in a no disqualification match with a little bit of help. Well, just a little bit of help from Stone Cold. But the Hurricanes got a win over the Rock on TV in the middle of the rain. No kidding. 
What the hell does that mean anyway? 11 years ago, one of my greatest mentors, a friend, confidant, a guy that really helped me understand certain things about wrestling, especially how to, how uh, one should interact with a black athlete in that era. Ernie Ladd passed away of colon cancer in his home in Franklin, Louisiana. Ernie was only 68. Only 68. Golly. I love to Ernie. We played dominoes more often than not all night long every other Tuesday night in my room. Smoking it up and playing, shaking the bones. We had a great time. Uh, Ten years ago, this week in wrestling history, uh, that was in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, JBL, this week's uh, Slobber Knocker of the Week, defeated CM Punk to win the WWE Intercontinental title. That win, that win made JBL the 10th Grand Slam champion in WWE history. A damn fine accomplishment, even for Texan. Nine years ago, TNA presented an impact on a Monday head-to-head against Monday Night Raw. <laughs> the show saw RVD versus Sting, Abyss, and Hulk Hogan versus AJ Styles and Ric Flair. A lot of star power. But the show got trounced. Uh, Raw was had a 3.4 rating, and with all that star power on, uh, on the impact, TNA at that time, they did a .98. In fact, the Thursday replay of the show did a slightly higher rating, 1.0, than the live airing. So you might say, well, what was on Raw, JR? Bret Hart confronted Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels for the first time in 13 years. That is must-see TV. And that's This Week in Wrestling. For whatever reason, just call me sentimental, uh, I guess. Or you call me JR, I don't care. Uh... I like doing the birthdays. Birthdays are fun things. They really are. Uh, As we record this on Wednesday, uh, David Flair celebrates his birthday number 40. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, uh, 43. He's the only Money in the Bank winner to not cash in. As a matter of fact, he lost the briefcase to Edge. Big Shaquille O'Neal, 47 years old, uh, on uh, Wednesday, the 6th of March, he was at WrestleMania 32, the Andre Battle Royal participant, big fan of wrestling. I remember walking up to him and said, hi, Shaq, I'm Jim Ross. He said, I know who you are. I've been watching you since I was a kid. I said, easy, pal, easy. Uh, Val Venus is 48 on Wednesday. Hello, ladies. And Killer Khan. Remember the great feud he had with Andre? Andre got hurt. They faded the heat over to Killer Khan, big grudge match and all that good stuff. It was awesome. Killer Khan 72. He's got a restaurant there in Japan. I, I have not been there. If I get to, if I get booked in Japan this year, I may have to check it out. On Thursday, uh, Tyler Bate, man, can you believe this? He's 22. Golly. 22. Tyler Bate. Hell of a hand. First ever WWE UK champion. Really a good talent. Strong. He's you never know, hear, hear hear any negativity out of it. guys like Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, these cats, good quality humans. And also on Thursday, my man Bruce Pritchard, oh brother love, I love you. Bruce impersonates me more than I impersonate me. Uh, and he and I will be together with Conrad after Monday Night Raw uh, in uh, WrestleMania week. 
and you can get the tickets there at uh, brucefritcher.com uh, and you'll have a hell of a time. Big crowd. We respect a big crowd. A lot of drinking. It's been fully transparent. We have a lot of fun. No host barred. Should be great. On Friday, Chad Gable, he's 33. He's had that long amateur career, two-time tag champ in WWE. I think Chad Gable's uh, future is, is as a heel. I don't see him being a babyface right now. Maybe as his skill set evolves and, and storylines evolve, et cetera. But right now, uh, I think that Chad Gable and Bobby Roode could be amazing wrestling heels in a tag team scenario. On Saturday, the lovely Melina will be 40. She still looks 25. Five-time WWE Women's Champion. Sexy, smart. I remember meeting her. Uh, at the backstage in San Diego at a TV taping or a Raw or SmackDown. I can't remember which one it was. It was after John Laurinaitis had taken over uh, Talent Relations. I met her, and she wanted to talk, and, you know, she's she was a good hand for us. Tiger Ali Singh will be 48 on Saturday. Tiger. Rick Steiner, 58. Rick Steiner. Man, what a tough guy. Nikita Koloff, 60, if you can believe that. On Saturday, happy birthday to all you fellas and ladies. On Sunday, JoJo, WWE ring announcer, JoJo, 25. So now her insurance goes down. She can rent cars on the road and save herself a couple of bucks. JoJo, 25. P. Roth Jr., 60. He was in the 1997 Royal Rumble, if you remember. If you don't, I don't blame you. Mr. Orville Brown would have been 111 today. Unfortunately, he died in 1981. But the distinction here is that Orville Brown was the first NWA world champion crowned in 1948. On Monday, the late Russ Haas would have been 45. Russ died of a heart attack. He's an Edmond, Oklahoma kid. His brother, Charlie Haas, we brought him in as a tag team. Love those guys. Still love with Charlie and his family, good people. And uh, I miss Russ. He was a classy kid. Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf, 52. Robbie Brookside, another fighting Brit, uh, an NXT trainer. Robbie's 53. Does a great job, by the way. And it's smart that WWE is getting with no territories, which really lessens your ability to train and travel. They're trying to replicate that all they can with these, these road shows. Makes all the sense in the world. But getting guys like Robbie Brookside into your coaching uh, tree uh, just gives the talents another uh, style, another feel that might, some of the things in that style and that feel might fit their skill set. So a good hire there. On Tuesday, uh, Nydia, remember Nydia? She was the female winner, tough enough one. She'll be 40. Nice lady. I don't know what ever happened to her. Uh, little Guido, or Nunzio, I remember having one of my biggest arguments with Paul Heyman one time about uh, Guido. I finally said, Paul, you can take this argument to creative if you want, but, man, I, I think you need to pick a different hill to die on. It's not like, not a look. hey, this kid's a Guido's a good hand. But size, the biggest thing about Guido is his damn feet. We're like a 13 or 14 boot. But anyway, he'll be, he's 47 on Tuesday. Happy birthday, Guido. Always a good good professional hand, no doubt. But Paul Heyman loved him. 
and thought that he was going to draw a lot of money or could draw a lot of money. I just said, it's, you're, you're, you're parking yourself on the wrong hill in this one. And finally, we end up the birthdays, appropriately enough, with a young lady from Sand Springs, Oklahoma, used to wrestle on the boys' wrestling team when it was certainly not politically correct, played hardball, known as baseball in some areas, May Young. Miss May died in 2014, uh, and she would have been 96 on Tuesday. She was the policeman of the women's wrestling. When some hotshot came in that was giving the booker a little bit of a problem and that person needed to be taken to the woodshed, it was Mae Young that did the damage. No exceptions. And she never, I don't know, I've never heard of all the years I've been around, I never heard of Mae losing a fight. Tough woman. So uh, those are the birthdays this week, a good array of birthdays. And I uh, hope you guys all have a, the ones that are celebrating. Have a, have a great day. Enjoy yourself. And what the hell you remember now? Remember this. Good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Well, it's mailbag time, everybody. And uh, I want to thank you guys for sending in your questions, your comments, your feedback to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. We start off here with James Pierce III. Uh, JR, Jim, the English teacher here, sad to hear of Ernie Ladd's foil, King Kong Bunny, passing away Monday. The walking condominium was quite the attraction when he hit the Northeast in 85-86. I got to thinking, why wasn't a monster like him given the title, whereas Yokozuna was given the belt, I think, on multiple occasions. Uh, the, the, the timing's a little bit of everything. It really didn't have an indictment on, on Bundy. Uh, it was not the time to take the belt off of Hogan. And I think that's kind of the timing issue. Uh, King Kong Bunny was a great dancing partner for Hogan. He enhanced Hogan's uh, in-ring uh, styling and put him over big because getting a win over Bunny was a big deal. But I just don't think it was time for Hogan to drop the belt, and I don't think it was anything personal. It might have been. Hell, I don't know. I wasn't there. But uh, he, Bundy was an attraction. He's like Andre. Andre never needed a title. You know, uh, John Studd never needed a title. All these big guys, they're attractions. The less you saw them, the more they meant. And that's why sometimes today, when you see guys on uh, on TV, the same guys on TV every Monday and Tuesday for WWE, for example, I don't know how good that is. Uh, you get custom, you get uh, you don't want to get co- too comfortable. Give me new, give me some exciting stuff, give you know, give me something different. So, but in any event, uh, I'm sure that uh, Ernie and Bundy have. Have, uh, have laid the olive branch down now they got to the pearly gates alright this one is from uh, Hogan7580 I just want to let everyone know what a privilege it was to meet the living legend Jim Ross our heroes sometimes let us down when we meet them but not JR the greatest announcer of all time by a mile I don't know about that and the most humble guy you could ever meet my question is what is your take on the unbelievable mismanagement of Oscar uh well, I kind of, I kind of agree with what you're saying. It was, it has been mismanagement. I thought Oscar, the the ball was dropped last year at WrestleMania uh, after she lost her her undefeated streak to Charlotte. Had a great match. Anybody watched that match tells me it wasn't good. Really didn't know anything about wrestling. So I, I think the ball was dropped there. It's been hard to get the momentum back going. But man, as many people are tuning in to the female elements. 
of, of creative storytelling on uh, on Raw and SmackDown, for example, uh, you've got to believe that there's a place for another major star, and uh, I think Oscar's it. I think she's been grossly underutilized, and maybe that'll change. I don't see it changing big time with Mandy Rose on Sunday, but it might. Maybe they'll surprise us. Uh, this is from Brent Hudson from Down Under. In your conversation with wrestlers from the Territory days, I have wondered how it was determined who was making money, who was drawing, and who was selling tickets for every 18 inches. Also mentioned were payoffs after a show. Who and how were these payoffs calculated? Well, the lead agent would uh, get on the phone with the promoter. They would go over the numbers, and then the, the, the uh, agent would get his marching orders from the from the office. For example, back in the mid in, before Mid South, uh, let's say a Grizzly Smith would call Leroy McGurk. They'd go with the numbers, and then Leroy would give him uh, what Leroy wanted the town to be paid. So it was done on at the night of the show in cash, which is not a blessing, I don't think, for a lot of guys who are irresponsible anyway and couldn't balance their own checkbook. Uh, and you, you, the way you determine who's making money. And who's who's selling tickets? Is look out, look at the house. Who was on the top? Who was on the main event? Who was on the featured events of the night? And did and did they have an ass every eighteen inches? It's pre, it's pretty simple marketing, quite frankly. Josh Smith writes, just got done with the podcast, and you read my email on the air last week. I think it's in hindsight, it sounded a little mundane, but you answered my question, <laughs> and I thank you, sir. Keep up the good work. Last question: Do you think Bruce Richard hiring? was in response to Conrad Thompson booking Undertaker and working so closely with AEW. Hell no. 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 WWE needed Bruce's expertise in creative. He started his career there. He's obviously going to try to end it there. I think that's wonderful. Uh, and, he, and Bruce also works very, very well with Vince. If you can't work very, very well with Vince, you're not going to last there very long. So uh, that's kind of how I look at that deal. Again, I want to thank everybody for submitting their questions, their comments, their ideas to thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Uh, we want to know what you're thinking. We, your, your opinion matters to us, and uh, it always mattered to me as long as I'm in the wrestling business. So uh, thanks a lot again, thejimrossreport at gmail.com, for your feedback and for more listener mail. No, no, don't do this. Enough is enough. I'm very pleased to be joined by the chief brand officer, of all elite wrestling, Miss Brandy Rhodes. Brandy, how are you today, young lady? I'm awesome, Jr. How you doing? I'm good. Couldn't couldn't be better. No complaint in the world. Uh, you are the chief brand officer. So for us lay people, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it's actually one of the most common questions that I get, and um, it's funny because you know it, it kind of is one of those newer positions that's been kind of catered to by the companies that present them. So um, as a new role, we've kind of been able to create what that means for us. So for All Elite Wrestling, the chief brand officer is in charge of partnerships, contouring relationships, um, things like community outreach, a little bit of marketing, but um, I share actually marketing roles with Dana Massey, who's the chief merchandising officer. Um, but, but kind of the main focus is anything that is brand centric for me. So partnerships being a huge part of that, because that's who we align ourselves with, um, how our image looks going forward. That's a big change in the business as to when I got in it. 
uh, many moons ago with partnership opportunities that uh, people uh, cultivate. I think it's a real smart move for you guys to start out right off the bat with a with a platform or establish a platform where you can solicit these partnerships. That's just that's newfound non bumping money, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. I think you know wrestling as it's become so much more mainstream over the years. Uh, the it became necessary to pay more attention in that direction. So I'm glad, like you said, that we're getting off the ground running with it. I see uh, our friend Raphael Morphy gave me a bunch of notes today, and I, I didn't realize so, so much is going on. Uh, <laughs> the, really, I mean, you know, your uh, your work doing with these autistic kids, kids that are sensitive to sounds. Tell us a little bit about that, because this project seems to really be tailored to kids. Well, it, it seems that way, but it actually encompasses um, a wide age range because I well what Culture City does is they cater to people who have any kinds of sensory issues so like you were saying sensitivity with sounds um, that a lot of times can be people who are, have autism but also people who've had recent strokes or have PTSD um, so it's definitely all inclusive on ages as well um, I think a lot of times people think kids because of uh, just the the nature of wrestling and that you know a lot of times kids are front and center in that but um it's really uh, a good thing to cater to everyone and i was uh surprised uh pleasantly surprised when we made the announcement on social media how many people were affected by this and and so glad to see that this is going to be happening um i had like countless uh outreaches saying things like oh my brother or my dad or my son we we weren't able to do this because we're just afraid of what would happen if we went and something were to go wrong. So really what Culture City does is they provide the resources for people who do have these issues so that when they go to these large-scale events, um, be them an NBA game or Double or Nothing or the zoo even, they're able to have a place to go if they run into some trouble and um, just ways to decompress and kind of be able to get back to normal and then go back to the action as opposed to having to just go home and then, you, you know, you've plan this whole weekend and you've paid all this money and then you don't get to enjoy it that that's terrible but that's a lot of times commonplace for people who suffer from some of these issues i saw where uh you and your husband cody went to the uh, hawks game the other night with the folks yeah. from uh, culture city saw my boy from oklahoma trey young light it up so oh my gosh he's pretty good Talented. huh oh wow <laughs> had no idea yeah now we're, we're officially hawks fans for sure He's a, he's a, he, they need help, obviously. And one of my best <laughs> friends, uh, Steve uh, Holman is the, uh, is the voice of the Hawks. So, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah he, he's a wonderful guy. So I had such a long, you know, working with Dusty and all the WCW people back in the day, Crockett and all that. So Atlanta's always been a special place for me. I, I, I like, uh, I liked Atlanta. I could, I could live there a lot longer if, if the opportunity had, had presented itself. Now I want to talk about your ladies roster. How how is that going, and what are some of the early challenges you found? Because your job of, of recruiting and signing and developing talent, somewhat somewhat similar to what I did for, for a few years there in WWE, it's not an easy job by any stretch, and you can never take a really a, a sabbatical from it. There's always things <laughs> to look for, to research, a call to return. Uh, how are you finding that this new role? Um. 
I'm finding it to be going really, really well. Um, I think a lot of people aren't aware, and, and now they're becoming aware since of uh, his recent signing. Um, but Kenny Omega and I are working together on women. So uh, a lot of times I have his support in doing that, especially when it comes to, like, the Japanese talent. Like, clearly I don't speak Japanese, in case anyone was wondering. And <laughs> Kenny Omega is fluent in Japanese, so he's a real bridge gap for a lot of talent for us, which is amazing. Um, but in, in my sense, with a lot of the girls that I've been working with, it's kind of been just a dream. I mean, there's so much talent that's out there right now. There's never a shortage of of talented women in wrestling. I don't think there's ever going to be. So it's been just really great kind of getting to watch and uh, watch some of these ladies who've contoured their brands and developed themselves over the years. And now they're going to get this opportunity to be seen on a much larger scale and um, potentially become stars on their own, which is amazing. So uh, I've loved all of the girls that we've committed to so far. And there are more. Absolutely. I know people a lot of times will say, oh, my gosh, there's only this number of girls. We're working all the time. So by the time that you find out one person's been signed, we've probably signed three more and you just don't know about it yet. But that's the beauty of it and the nature of it of the rollout leading to this road to double or nothing and actually just this road to the growth of all elite wrestling. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I, I am really confident in the ladies that we have and the ladies that will be coming soon. And um, I think people are going to be very impressed by them. Well, you know, the WWE has done a nice job of uh, rediscovering women's wrestling. Uh, it, you know, from my days getting into it, uh, where the focal point was moolah. Not that there's anything wrong with moolah. Don't get me wrong. But it, moolah didn't have the mass appeal that uh, the ladies on television have now. It didn't seem to me like, and I'll do respect to her. Uh, but your, your, your various jobs coming up in the business – I got to believe it, it, you touched a lot of different areas. You were a ring announcer, uh, you've wrestled, and you're still wrestling. How has how your wrestling training coming along, and are you still working as diligently on it as you have? Do you have the point being, do you have the time to work on it as hard as you want? Yeah, no, there, there definitely were a couple of weeks in there that I took off for, for sure. But, um, you know, I trained with um, Michael. Who, who's our coordinator, QT Marshall is how most people know him. But uh, he, he stays on me. So he's like, when are you coming in? Hey, you, you, were, you weren't in for a couple of weeks. Let's not let this slide. And uh, thankful for him in that sense uh, because I've, I've been in the ring as much as possible. Um, usually try to get in the ring two or three times a week. And that's kind of been the case ever since going forward. So that, that's been really good. It's, it's a blessing to have such a great facility so close to me because there's really no excuse. I can, I can pretend I'm so busy that I can't get in the ring, but Michael, Mike knows better. So <laughs> he makes sure I get in there. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely something that you have to carve out time for now. Um, but he, he makes it easy. So it, it's, it's great to have the facility available to me kind of whenever I want. Yeah, and it's good, and you, you gotta stay in it. You gotta stay sharp. You can't, uh, you can't take a long time off and expect to come back and not have a some regression. You gotta play catch up again. So I'm glad that you're still doing that because, you know, uh, in your role, you got an opportunity storyline wise to do a lot of really cool things. 
uh, with the women on, on, that you're, you're bringing on, on board. I especially like uh, uh, Dr. Baker. I have I, I pitched a reality show with her about a year ago, maybe six months maybe, with Barry Bloom, my, the super agent. And we thought her being a dentist and a, and the a girlfriend of a, of a, a wrestling star, uh, as she is, would be an interesting topic for a reality show. She's a very intriguing, very intelligent young woman, and I, I was really impressed with that hire, by the way. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, Britt Brit has always been um, number one on my list from the beginning as far as we, we absolutely need her. Um, it's funny, when we did All In, she was the first person to reach out and kind of see the vision for it and understand and say, hey, I want to be a part of this show. I don't know what, what I'll be able to do. I don't even know if you guys are planning on having women's matches, but I want to be on this show. And um, that kind of initiative speaks to somebody like me and, you know, Cody, because that's, that's how we've made our way, just being vocal and, and hopefully backing it up <laughs> once the opportunities come around. But, um, Britt, yeah, she, she, uh, she almost irritated me at first because <laughs> she, she was so passionate about it, about being on the show that, I mean, she was like hitting us up 24 seven about it until we booked her. And, um, then after that, you know, I got to see a man. She just loves this so much. So it, it's nothing. It's not to, you know, mistake anything. She's just extremely passionate. And now, you know, Britt is a good friend and she's working with us. And I, I'm tremendously excited for her. I can't wait to see what she's able to do there. And also, you know, free dental cleanings if I want them. She hasn't told me that, but I'm just going to take that liberty and say, yeah. Yeah, I get those. <laughs> tell her, tell her you didn't read all the, you didn't read all your contract. That dental cleaning was uh, item fourteen, small print. <laughs> right, uh, right. I didn't realize you graduated from the University of Michigan. Very prestigious, and uh, very uh, congratulations on that deal. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's one of my <laughs> my proud proud moments in life. Uh, I feel like I'm a pretty relaxed person, like kind of easygoing. So a lot of times when people find out about my education background and stuff, they're like, wait, what? Um, I actually had a full academic scholarship to Michigan, which is a rarity. So <laughs> I'm kind of smart. I kind of know some things, or I at least can can repeat information that's been told to me. I can remember it long enough to, to do well on tests. I'll put it that way. You've worked in TV news. You've done modeling. You've done acting. You've been a student of the game here. Uh, and I didn't realize you spent so much time in Miami. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Michigan, and I was in Michigan until um, I think a year or so after I graduated from uh, U of M, and then I moved to Miami. Um, my whole life growing up in Michigan, I always felt like I was born in the wrong place. Uh, I just didn't ever feel the vibe in Michigan, and the cold weather was always a struggle for me. Every winter was kind of depressing, and I'm one of those people who loves vitamin D. I love the sun. And so I, for as long as I could remember, I would tell my parents, oh, I'm going to move to my, like Miami, Florida. That's where I want to be. I want to live on the beach. I, I, I just don't want to be anywhere near snow anymore in my life. And, um, you know, people kind of took it with a grain of salt. And as soon as I had saved up enough money out of college, I just got in a U-Haul and took myself to Miami. And, I, yeah, I parked there for five years. I loved it, loved living there. Um, while I was there, I was modeling and um, I was actually in grad school at the University of Miami for TV broadcasting. So um, all of that happened until I got the call to become 
what was supposed to be a wrestler and turned into a ring announcer. But yeah. <laughs> how, how did that, how did that come about? How, what was the transaction from uh, WWE finding you down in South Florida to uh, get you started in their company? Um, it, it's funny. I think I'm, I'm one of the last like true kind of diva signees that there was um, back then. Like I said, I was modeling and um, they looked, into my modeling agency and um, they told my agent they were looking for athletic female models. And my agent knew that I had figure skated for a long time. So I was already kind of one of her athletic girls. And um, yeah, that, that was how, how I got picked up. They kind of catalog picked me, <laughs> but um, of course I, I went and I had a tryout at FCW at the time and it just went really well. And that's, the rest was history. I moved to Tampa shortly thereafter to start training. Still in that warm weather, though, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I was in Florida for a long time. This is cold for me. I'm in, you know, Atlanta, and um, it's it didn't snow this year, but it, it definitely got cold. It's it's a struggle for me. I almost I almost want to move back to Florida. <laughs> I uh, I see some of the ladies that you signed because some of them I I call the first May Young Classic are familiar with them. Uh, tell me about, uh, somebody I'm not familiar with and that's Nyla Rose. Uh, she is a transgender wrestler. I have no issue with that, by the way, first of all, being fully transparent, I could care less as long as she can perform well. Uh, you know, where she hangs her hat doesn't matter to me. Tell me how that came about because that's so unusual and it should be so topical in today's world. Well, you know, um, in the very early stages, we were kind of looking at what we wanted um, one of the matches to look like at, at uh, Double or Nothing. And um, I was really wanting to focus on a triple threat match. And so I had uh, definitely wanted Grit to be in that. And then we were kind of looking at what the other uh, the other contestants in that would look like. And um, Kenny, I think, is the one who, who mentioned Nyla to me the first time. And I looked her up and just started YouTubing and seeing her different videos. And actually, the one of the things that I found to be most intriguing about her was her Native American background. Because um, I'm a little bit Native American, but I'm obviously not fully Native American, and she is. So uh, that was really cool to me. And um, her in-ring work is just very strong. She has, obviously, like a, a natural athleticism to her and she's just got a really cool vibe so that was kind of how she came of interest to me um and then I, I think everyone else in the group is just the same as far as we just love her in ring work and we think she's just got a great look and unique thing about her that that has very little to do with anything other than her as a wrestling persona where did you where does she get her training because she just kind of well I heard you hired her and I saw her, I saw her at the, uh, the Vegas thing at the pool. And, and I said, well, who's this? <laughs> Be because I was a little confused to be honest with you. I, I, and I'm dating myself, but I, I said, wait a minute, is that a man or is that a woman? And should it matter? But I'm just kind of getting my, trying to get my, who are all the players here? So where did, who trained her? Our, our, how did how'd that work out? I'm just she was she she burst on the scene, and I and I'm curious about her. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I have no idea who trained Nyla, <laughs> so you might have to have her on and ask her. I will. Um, 
but but yeah, she's she's been all over the place. Um, one of the other things that I really like about her is I've seen matches of her where she's worked with just about everybody. Like she's worked with Japanese talent, she's worked with newer talent, and she's worked with peop- other name people that you know we've seen here and there. And she's just very consistent in the matches being really solid. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. I like that. I, I know that, you know, there are some people uh, in our industry who say, hey, well, this is my style and this is what I'm good at and this is all I can do. Um, she's just really versatile. She can do everything. Well, I, it's a really an intriguing uh, persona. And it should be, if, if handled correctly, like anything else, it goes without saying, if she's positioned correctly, she could really draw a lot of interest, and I and I there could be some mainstream publicity uh, by talk shows and and personality profiles, this type of thing. Is she African American? Um, she has told me that she does have some African American heritage. So um, again, I don't know exactly how much, or you know, from what side or whatnot, but um, right, there's right, right, there's right. definitely something there. Yeah. Well, you got something on your hands, Brandy. She's the interesting, a very interesting piece of clay that you can mold to become uh, something unique because she's coming in with that. She's already going to be unique. So I kind of, I kind of dig in that deal. And I'm glad that you're looking outside the, the thing that points out to me, folks, is not my fascination with a transgender wrestler. It's the fact that this company is thinking outside the box to do their best to provide the fans with the most unique and skilled higher level in-ring product that they can do. And if, if, uh, this young woman, Nyla Rose, fits in that category. Great, you win. Everybody wins. So, are you going to re- are you going to wrestle a lot yourself? You, you see yourself wrestling a lot, Brandy, uh, in in this role, or are you going to be more of an administrator? What's the, what's your what's your game plan? What would you want to do? Well, I'm I'm actively a part of the women's division. I think a lot of people haven't been sure about that, and I I have said it before, but maybe you know I, I haven't been super vocal about it because I'm focused on the other women, of course, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm active on the women's roster. So I'll definitely be wrestling. Um, my, my main thing in the early stages and one of the reasons why I'm not wrestling on double or nothing is that I want these newer girls to get their chance to kind of get out there, get their names out there. If they haven't been seen much, like, you know, Britt obviously was on all in, but Kylie and Nyla, they, they weren't. So this is kind of their first, match of this size and um i want the focus to be there and of course we have more women than just those two ladies so as these next few shows roll out um my first interest is taking care of them and making sure that they are uh portrayed well and that they get their chance to showcase what they can do i feel like people um obviously i've, I've improved a lot and i've worked really hard and you know it's great to to showcase that in some matches so that people can see, Oh yeah, she's continuing to do this. And you know, she's, she's working really hard, but people have seen me. Um, I think it's more fair to make sure that these girls get out there. Um, and, and, and then I'll start integrating myself in where it makes sense, where, where we see fit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a key thing where it fits because you're there, you're already, you're already available when it fits right, then you go with it. And, but I wouldn't get any big hurry on that situation. I, it, it, wouldn't, it would need to be right, and you can't really predict right until you feel it and see it in action. Sometimes, uh, I, uh, I I'm really I'm really uh, intrigued by the uh, YouTube show, being the elite. 
Tell us a little bit about that because I've I watched them. They're entertaining as hell, uh, <laughs> very creative, and it shows different sides of, of people. It shows a, that a TV persona has more than one uh, uh, more than one perspective. And your dry sense of humor is really in, entertaining. I think on there, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. But that brings up the question: People should watch this on on YouTube. Being the elite, uh, you guys what release the show every week? Matt and Nick usually put it out on Mondays, um, and it's usually every every Monday. There've been a few times where you know there've been some breaks here and there, but um, they're they're pretty consistent with it. Um, but yeah, being the elite, it's just fun. It's um, kind of a, a way for fans to get to know the characters outside of wrestling also it, it, it's kind of served as a bit of a storyteller uh, because before when we were on um, independent shows, a lot of times there, there were no stories, you know, leading from match to match because they, they don't happen week to week. Um, now that things are happening more frequently, it's obviously going to be a lot easier for people to follow, but it was always nice to have that YouTube platform there and available to help, tell some stories and kind of give people something more to latch on to than just physical matches, you know, every here and here and there. Um, and another thing that I think is nice is being the elite is such a contrast to um, the other YouTube show. We're doing the road to double or nothing. And uh, that is because that's way more reality based as opposed to um, being the elite, which is much more story and fun based. Um, and it, so it's just really two different ways to showcase all of these characters in like their real lives or what they're capable of um, in more of like an acting or comedy sense. And then, you know, of course we have the the matches to, to go along with all of that. Um, It's just all more, more content for the viewer who's, who's really involved, invested in this and um, are really interested in what we're doing. And it's kind of serving two really cool ways to keep everybody in the loop. I was uh, blown away, and I shouldn't shouldn't have been. I I talked about it before it went on sale. I said, "Well, the yard mark for a lot of people is going to be will the uh, uh, double or nothing sell out in advance." And I I really, to be honest with you, I didn't have any idea, yay or nay, uh, but it did, and I'm happy to say. But I think that that kind of shut up a lot of critics a little bit. Uh, and the next thing that they will they will bitch about is. Well, when do we know about the television? So my, <laughs> my point on this has always been the same thing. The, the Khan family is too smart to move forward without having a TV deal at least uh, connected some way. Somehow, some way. The I's might not be dotted. The T's might not be crossed. But there's a deal somewhere uh, for this company. And I believe the deal is probably a lot more solid than people want to know. I don't have any idea, which is great for me. I'd love to follow along what's going to happen just like a fan which, which i still am uh the i'm excited i believe that people are going to say my god they exceeded the expectations again with this television home are you as optimistic as i am about that oh uh, i'll tell you so when tickets went on sale for well, the week of beyond sale for double or nothing um i'm always that one in the group that is just really good with estimations. Like uh, when, we, when we went on sale with All In, everyone was really nervous about it and saying like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I think, I think we'll, we'll sell out before the show. Uh, you know, I'm just worried. I, you know, I said, 
we're going to sell out in 30 minutes. I guarantee you it's going to be a sell out in like 30 minutes. And everybody's, no, no, that's not, that, that's not, there's no way. We sold out in under 30 minutes. So you would think these people would start to trust me at some point. But yet again, when we go to double or nothing, same thing as, oh, well, I think it was a sellout same day. I said, I think it'll be 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. So <laughs> I kind of have a pretty good, like, hand on the, on the pulse of, like, what, what's going on with that. So um, when it comes to us being able to contour something great, you know, that fans are going to be able to watch on a regular basis, um, my confidence is the same with that. Um, I, I, I don't have any doubt that we're going to be able to provide television, that it's going to be great. Um, and I, I don't think anybody should, should be worried in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, we're, we're a group that we like to kind of release things how we like to release them, and um, it's one of those things where you just kind of got to trust us. We, we know what we're doing. Agreed. I, I, I agree with that. And there's no hurry about that. It's just all you all it is is this fans are very excited and anticipatory on uh, what's going to happen for them down the road. Because you got, you know, the, the thing about you guys is you've captured the imagination of older fans that want more fundamentally sound physical wrestling. You've also tapped into the younger demographic that's much more dependent and bigger users of social media. That's a real good combination if you can keep everybody connected there, and uh, it, it speaks good for the future. I think the TV deal is going to be – I think the TV deal is the little bitty thing, that I, bits I know, Brandy. I think that the TV deal is going to blow people away. I really believe that. Well, I really hope so. I really hope so. Um, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the direction we're going with everything. I'm kind of another one of those people, too, who's like kind of one, one step at a time. Otherwise, I get too excited and I get too overwhelmed. So, obviously, number one on my radar is double or nothing because we're coming up on that um, in no time. And I'm just so excited for that show. I'm so excited about it and just um, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to it. It's like a birthday when you're a kid. Like, I'm just thinking about it. Like, what's the cake going to be like? And how many of my friends are coming? Like, I'm just like like a child excited about it. Vegas is going to be alive on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial weekend, I should say. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be out there doing some work for good old Conrad, Connie, and uh, <laughs> his massive cheeks. I'm going to be I'm going to be narrating a Ric Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat, 1989 conversation about the three matches they had that I called, and then uh, then Jerry Lawler and I are going to be on stage. Really, in all reality, uh, I don't know how many more times that we're going to be on stage together based on where our careers are taking us. But uh, bottom line is that whole weekend is amazing. If you're a wrestling fan, how do you not go? That's my, my question. How do you not go? If you're a real fan, you can fly southwest. There's a lot of ways to get there to get to Vegas cheap. There's all kinds of hotel stuff. You can, hotel deals are prom- prominent. Conrad's got plenty of that stuff. I just think it's going to be one of the more monumental weekends. And the roster of talent that he's bringing in there for uh, uh, his uh, star cast is uh, amazing. It's really amazing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Conrad does does an excellent job. And the, that's the one thing that I always hope for people that, you know, if they didn't get tickets, I hope that they still go because they're still going to have the time of their life at StarCast. Um, it's an entire weekend of them getting to see, you know, amazing podcasts and meet people that they've never met before and you know there are different presentations and things that go on and 
you know, the people who did the last star cast and all in, they still are saying like, this is, was one of the best weekends of my life. So I, I always encourage people to, Hey, if you didn't get a ticket, still go because there's so much going on that weekend alone that you're still going to have so much fun, enjoy yourselves, and you're still going to get to meet so many people. So um, I think it's, it's going to be great. It's really, really like a weekend for the wrestling fans. Folks, I suggest you follow Brandy on Twitter at the Brandy Rhodes. And as you may know, you should know, Brandy is spelled with an I, B-R-A-N-D-I-R-H-O-D-E-S. You know, I was thinking on driving up here today to, from my home in Norman up here in Oklahoma City, I was thinking – Knowing that you and I were going to chat, how much fun would it be if Dusty was here to see all this? Oh, my gosh. I honestly, I think about that a lot. And um, I feel like he'd just be so into everything. Like, he'd be just taking it all in and having having the best time with it. Um, But, you know... He he's his vision is continuing forward with Cody a hundred percent. I mean, I look at him so much, and I learned a lot from Dusty. I was in NXT with him, obviously, and um, I was kind of one of his pet projects there before I even met Cody. Um, so so Dusty, I'm very fond of him, and I I'm kind of used to listening to him and hearing picking his brain and you know hearing how he works. And a lot of times when I talk to my husband and try to pick his brain over something I not only see his dad but I hear him and it's just so so cool to, awesome. to know that like he's just continuing the vision forward and it's, it's really really an amazing thing we were we are all those of us that knew Dusty and had relationships with him on, on a personal level don't sometimes we don't realize how lucky we were uh, I, I count my blessings because you know, I worked for Bill Watts. I worked for Leroy McGurk, two really old school wrestling guys. Watts was a genius. Watts, Watts is the guy that turned Dusty from a baby face, a heel to a baby face, made him the American dream, all that good stuff. Uh, and so I learned from him. I went to work for Crockett, and then Dusty was on fire there. So I, I, he joined, I joined him at the hip, uh, and he gave me a big break because he put Shivani and I both on the first clash and two play-by-play guys, unheard of, and it worked out beautifully. Uh, and I, I do some broadcasting with him. Then I went to work for Vince. I'd like to think that, you know, my education in wrestling over the last 40 plus years has been somewhat extraordinary being not patting myself on the back, Brandy, but being in the right place at the right time with great people and, uh, being around dusty was just, uh, I think of things we talk about all the time, you know, little, little nuances about, well, we can't do that because that this, this would be a bad perception on the baby face, or you can't have a heel, uh, uh, show no balls. You got to have a, you got you to be able to take your chances. All, fundamental stuff that I don't know that is thought about enough today. And the great thing I love to hear is that Cody, he's his dad's son. He gets it. And yeah, he he has such such a mind for this. And one of the really cool things is seeing everybody. Everybody has a mind that works a very different way in that EVP bubble. So you know you have Cody who's really grown up watching WCW and he's been through, you know, the circuit of working for WWE and um, he's just got that old school mind of things that when he, when he tells me something, I know it's going to work. And it's such a weird feeling, but you know, I may, I may have an idea one way where I say, well, 
this is what I think I should do because this is the reaction that I want for this person. And he'll say, can I suggest a different way then? And he'll suggest this other way. And I'll be like, I saw that happen. And I don't know how I forgot that, but that was one of the coolest things I remember ever seeing in wrestling. Like his mind is just there. It's an encyclopedia of everything. But then you have guys like Matt and Nick who have this just really intense way of, of knowing what their fans crave. Like they're, they're on the pulse of it. So they might have a completely different idea, but you know, it's also some, some form of magic. And, you know, Kenny's one of the most creative people I've ever met. So like, there's just so many great minds who all look at this from a different perspective, but each way is so valuable to each other that um, it's really amazing. Like you said, being in the right place with the right people at the right time, like that's what this is. It's fate. It's fate. And it's just being a a little divine intervention. I can tell you that. Well, listen, uh, I'm excited so much for uh, AEW. I'm excited about uh, Las Vegas uh, and all the things you're doing and the company's doing. My congratulations on the roster you're building. It's not a, it, you build it brick by brick, and sometimes uh, somebody comes along one of those one of those really valuable bricks, shall we say, that you didn't think was going to be out there. But you guys are always on top. You're always looking, and and I love that open minded, uh, not setting your ways, and it's it's important that we keep reinventing the wheel in, in a large degree, as long as we don't get too far from forgetting that the wheel is still round. Anyway, uh, hey, look, I really appreciate you taking time to visit with us this week. Uh, we'll be uh, promoting this uh, 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 strongly uh, on social media. And uh, anything, anything else going on, that anything you want to plug that, we ha- that I, I didn't mention? Because I got a feeling we'll have some more AEW folks on the show uh, as we go forward. Yeah, no, I think, I think we covered everything. I just um, I really want to encourage people to – make sure to keep tuning in for those uh, road to double or nothing and uh, the being the elites, because there's so much covered in those leading into double or nothing that um, they're really going to enjoy, but also it's just going to enrich your experience so much more once you get to the show and you're familiar with some of these new characters and you're kind of up to speed on some of the stories. Um, It it all is just going to make that, that show so grand for you. Brandy, again, thank you very much for your time. I'm proud of what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you somewhere down the road, and I hope you have a wonderful day. My best to your husband. Awesome, Jim. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time to call me. You bet. Our pleasure. Have a great day. You too. I really enjoyed this conversation with Brandy Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, at the Brandy Rhodes on Twitter, uh, Chief Brand Officer of uh, All Elite Wrestling. And a very, very bright, uh, diversified young lady. Uh, you know, the old deal, you can't judge a book by its cover. Well, she has a beautiful cover, but she's very, very smart. And I think uh, in that area that uh, AEW is in very, very good hands. Uh, and she's going she's gonna to carry her weight and more, no doubt about it, especially after hearing that conversation. That's another show in the books uh, just about folks. I really appreciate you guys tuning in, telling your friends about our program. Remember, you can download it for free, uh, and you hear it for free. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. On the mighty Westwood One. Five-star reviews are also appreciated. Thank you for those. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is your, is your address for your suggestions, your comments. 
and uh, hopefully get, give us some good questions or good comments. We'll get them on the air here. New shows escape every Wednesday. You guys know that, right? Escape every Wednesday. Uh, so life is good. Grilling season's coming around the corner. You can get my stuff at uh, our sauces, or ketchup, seasoning, all that good stuff at www.shop.com and at the wonderful Ingalls Markets in Southeastern United States. Over 200 stores uh, run by the Ingalls family. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization. I've never been in a nicer stocked, cleaner, better organized grocery than Ingalls Markets. Anywhere in the world. They're great. They really are. So check them out. If you get a chance to take some pictures of our stuff on the shelf, we'd appreciate that too if you get the opportunity. Uh, I don't mention it enough, but we have a t-shirt store at ProWrestlingTees.com and all you gotta do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross. We got, I think the size is up to 5X. They ship them anywhere in the world. Ryan Barkin's team does a phenomenal job. And they're also going to be very involved in the uh, AEW uh, merchandise side. So uh, good people, good team effort from them. Uh, I enjoy working with them a lot. Hope you'll support us there if you can. Uh, remember, I'm on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. Facebook and Instagram, at Jim Ross BBQ. Thanks for all the hard work by Sean Cradle. Uh, Raphael Morphy and I are uh, looking to do more cons, more uh, comic cons. Get Raf- hit me on Twitter or Raphael on Twitter. Uh, and rmorphnyc is Raphael's Twitter handle. Uh, we'd like, you know, if you want us to come to your show, your event, uh, Raphael's your man. He's your point man. So check that out if you will. Fun show. A lot of things are going on. The next uh, month or so is going to be very uh, interesting in my life. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I'm healthy enough. God's blessing with good health. That I can still work. I know I want to work. I want to be busy. Uh, a little chip on my shoulder, perhaps. Yeah, probably. Uh, when people write you off and believe you, you have fulfilled your usefulness, it can do a lot of things for you. It can, like it does me, it can make me want to work harder, work smarter, and get better at what I do. So, in other words, I get a little pissed off. Or you can do the other side of the deal and just lay down and become a a throw rug, an area rug on your granny's floor. Ain't no future in that either. So it's a lot of interesting things coming up. I'll keep you abreast as I can, especially on social media. And uh, until next week, folks, uh, remember, nice things, you can't do enough of them, especially for people that aren't expecting it. It doesn't hurt to say thank you and please every now and then. It doesn't hurt you to have a good heart and, and be nice to others. I know it sounds mundane. It's not real cool. I'm not being defiant. I'm just being honest. And somewhere down the road, we're all going to look around and say, what happened to all the good people? What happened to all the people that were that I like supporting, I like being around? Well, they're not around anymore. So for those that are still left behind, we need to do all we can to make sure that that is not a feeling we get in our lifetime. So I'm back in that old uh, black Escalade. I'm going to get back down to Norman, Oklahoma. I'm here in the Cat, Oklahoma City, Cumulus Broadcasting. And uh, I hope that you have a great week. Thank you again for listening to our show. Tell a friend about it. Big things are on, on its way, I promise you. And it's going to be fun. Remember, folks, that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Until next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. 
The Westwood One Podcast Network. The Jason Stapleton Program. I can't teach myself anything I already know, because I know it. But I know that there are a ton of people out there who know a lot more than me, and so I can spend my days sitting around thinking I'm the best, or I can be a student. The Jason Stapleton Program. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free, free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.